Does your financial brand have a website that sells or is your bank, credit union, or fintech website nothing more than a glorified online brochure costing you millions of dollars in loans and deposits? If it's the latter, I'm gonna show you how you can transform a glorified online brochure into a website that sells on today's episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Greetings and hello, my name is James Robert Lay, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Practical Perspective series where I share practical insights you can take away and apply at your financial brand to move forward and make progress along your own digital growth journey. And today, I'm gonna show you how you can transform a glorified online brochure into a website that sells. It all starts with two simple things. Number one, Mindset, and number two, perspective. That's because the perspective that you have, that you have about your website, and just as important the perspective that other key leaders at your financial brand has about your website, it's going to directly impact your mindset that informs your belief systems about what it means to transform a glorified online brochure into a website that sells. Before we get too too far into this conversation, hit the subscribe button if you're watching this podcast on YouTube or if you're tuned in to listening to this podcast on one of the many podcast players where this podcast streams throughout the world because when you hit the subscribe button, you instantly become part of an ever-growing community of financial brand leaders committed to learning how to maximize your future growth potential by guiding people in the communities you serve beyond financial stress towards an even bigger, better, and brighter future. I want to tell you a story. It's a, it's kind of a tragedy. It's a tragic story about Toys R Us. This is a brand for me that it's very near. It's very dear to my heart. I remember the feeling that I would get every time my parents would take me to the store where a kid could be a kid. But then back in 2000, Toys R Us, they inked a 10 year contract to be the exclusive vendor of toys on Amazon. Similarly, Target also had an early agreement with Amazon not to be a vendor, but to have Amazon run their e-com operations. I bring up these two examples to highlight the differences between them. This has nothing to do about their website because it took Toys R Us, 10 years. It took them 10 years to revamp the website that they originally established in 2006. And at the time of the revamp in 2016, Toys R Us pledged to invest $100 million into their e-com efforts over the next three years. But as we know how the story goes, by that point, it was a little too little too late. We know what happened to Toys R Us. They didn't make it. They filed for bankruptcy in 2017, forcing the closing of all of their physical stores. And a lot of our hearts, they were broken. What happened? They were stuck in the present moment, making decisions that were informed by their past. In late 2019, Toys R Us, they did make an attempt to come back with a smaller physical footprint. 
these pop-up 6,500-square-foot retail locations. Now, for comparison, Toys R Us stores were originally around 40,000 square feet. But these smaller pop-up stores were all about the quote-unquote immersive experience to support an entirely revamped digital retail experience that they were once again outsourcing, but this time to Target. So the question is, is was, was history repeating itself? And did Toys R Us not learn anything from the past? Jason Goldberg, he was a chief commerce strategy officer of Publicis. No, he noted, quote, if Toys R Us was, was truly trying to rebuild a sustainable toys business, they would never want to outsource their e-commerce to a third party and certainly not to a rival, end quote. Target, on the other hand, they committed. They went all in. They invested $2.5 billion per year to optimize their online experience once their Amazon partner agreement had ended. Target knew that if they wanted to compete with Amazon, they're going to have to really ramp up their digital e-com business. That's why in March of 2017, their CEO at the time, Brian Cornell, had the courage. That's the key word. Brian had the courage to invest over $7 billion in a turnaround strategy that would revamp the entire Target experience. We can also compare this to the story of Walmart, Target was investing in the future. And Brian noted, quote, we're investing in our business with a long-term view of years and decades. Years and decades, not months and quarters. On the flip side, Walmart had dabbled in this digital strategy, but they weren't all in. So both Target, Toys R Us, yeah, they had an early relationship with Amazon. But it was only Target who ha who really saw the opportunity in digital as a primary driver for growth going forward. And, and, and you can see this in the attention that they paid to their website, to their digital shopping experience through continued optimization. Even, even more, instead of going head-to-head -head directly with Amazon, with Walmart, Target took a different approach. They chose to combine the best of both worlds, the digital world and the physical world together with something they called their ship-to-store strategy. And it was this that enabled Target to turn physical stores into, into essentially many warehouses where digital people, digital consumers could order a product online, pick it up on the store in the same day, on the way home. And then when they're in the store, what would happen? They end up doing even more shopping. And that strategy really drove additional revenue from Target month over month, year over year. And I would say my wife participated in some of that revenue from this ship to store strategy. In fact, Target's physical stores are fulfilling more than half of their digital volume through this ship to store offering. Their CEO, Brian, he noted that additional benefits from the program came, quote, when delivered by stores as opposed to a distribution center, the cost of an order falls by 40% on average, 
When customers come to the store to pick up orders on top of that, 90% of the e-commerce related costs go away. This tragic tale of Toys R Us compared to the transformative tale of Target has many underlying lessons for financial brands, for banks, for credit unions, even for fintechs. The challenge is that most banks and credit unions operate more like Toys R Us than Target when it comes to investing in their websites and I'd say even more deeply their digital shopping experiences. It, it takes them forever to iterate through different versions. And this is a problem because if, if you wait 10 years, it's a little hyperbole, but it was the fact for Toys R Us. If, if you wait 10 years like Toys R Us to upgrade your website, by then everything has changed. Consumer behavior has changed, competition has changed, strategies have changed, uh, user experience has changed, best practices have changed. And you might not wait 10 years to update your website at your bank or at your credit union, but you're probably waiting like four, five, maybe even six years to upgrade your website. From our digital secret shopping studies, uh, we found that the primary focus um, on, on lead and generation and, and emotional experience for financial brands, financial brand websites are, are nothing more than glorified online brochures. You know, if, if a website has in fact been updated in the past year, it, it might look a little bit better from a design perspective. It might function a bit better than it did before. It might be mobile responsive. Hopefully it's AD, ADAD compliant by now, which is a you know, requirement and standard by law. But from a strategic function, from a lead gen, from an emotional experience, the website is really no better than it was before. So what can you do? What can you do to transform a glorified online brochure into a website that sells? How can you develop a mindset and a perspective to make this transformation a reality? To me, the biggest problem when it comes to financial brand websites is they typically self diagnose. They are like, oh, we're going to build a new website. And so they self-diagnose. They create a list of features that they, the financial brand, the bank, the credit union, that they want to have on their website. I even think of a couple of fintechs that I've worked with. They think about everything that they want to have on their website. And, and, and many times a financial brand's website, quote unquote, wish list is driven by the leadership team or the, or the business line leaders with thinking that it is informed by the past and being applied in the present moment. It's not future focused. And the problem is, is when you self-diagnose, you're more likely to misdiagnose. Imagine, you go to the doctor and you tell them, I want this and I want this and I want this because I already figured out what my problem is because I went to Dr. Google and this is what I have they'd look at you like you're crazy. Once we conducted a digital growth diagnostic assessment with a financial brand that had just launched their website about 30 or 60 days prior. And after assessing and diagnosing their situation, I did feel like the doctor <laughs> coming back to deliver some bad news. I told him, you just invested six figures into your new website. And the bad news is this. All you got out of it was a glorified online brochure 
It's mobile responsive. It's ADA compliant. But it's not built to generate leads. It's not built to maximize conversions. It was not a pleasant conversation. <laughs> and and that's because their website, when we were going through and doing some interviews and surveys, their website was built following a list of requirements and needs that was set by the leadership team and by the business lines, not by people in the communities that they serve, not by potential account holders that would look at them as a source of consideration when applying for a loan or for a deposit account. This is what happens when you make the mistake of self-diagnosing. It leads to misinformed decisions based upon what you need, based upon what you think you need as a financial brand when the opportunity is found through viewing your website through the lens of, of people, through the lens of consumer, prospective account holders, and their buying journey. Another big part of the problem here has to do with just plain old dollars and cents funding, particularly the lack of it when it comes to bank and credit and websites. Consider for a moment that to build a physical branch location, financial brands will spend anywhere between ballpark 2.5 to $5 million. Then on top of that, it takes them between 500,000 to we'll just say $750,000 a year to operate that branch. Now, according to industry study by Peak Performance, as reported by the financial brand, I'm gonna quote this report here, quote, just slightly more than half, 52% to be exact, of all branches in the banking industry are achieving acceptable levels of profitability. Over one quarter, 28% to be exact, are below break even, and most of the remainder are at least contributing to overhead, even if they're not achieving acceptable ROI. That might be tolerable if unprofitable branches were growing at a sufficient rate to become profitable down the road, but they aren't. Half of the branches that are unprofitable today will never cross the break even threshold. They will forever be a drain on resources end quote. Meanwhile, the average amount of financial brands from our studies are investing to build a new website right at around $32,714. There's no correlation here between the investment being made on a website and asset size. In fact, many larger asset institutions are also underfunding their website investments because their websites are still being viewed internally as just an information source, a glorified online brochure, a place where people go to log into online banking. And then there's questions of, do people even go to the website anymore? Or do they go to log into our mobile app? Do we even need a website anymore? Perspective, mindset. In our study, only... About 13% of financial brands invested more than $80,000 to build a new website. Think about this. $80,000 is a drop in the bucket when compared to what financial brands spend to build a physical branch location. The question is, 
how long will it take for that branch, that physical branch, to become profitable? And will it even break even? When you have the proper mindset, when you have the proper perspective to build a website that sells, the result is you're going to get the budget needed to build a website that sells. Once again, I want to come back to the the, tra- the tragic and the transformative tells I started off with this conversation. Target committed $7 billion to optimize their entire digital shopping experience, where for comparison's sake, Toys R Us just put up $100 million into its e-com efforts. Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and invest $7 billion. But think about the perspective. Think about the mindset that you have today that others in your organization has today around your website. Is it a glorified online brochure or is it a website that sells? Learn, learn from the failures of others that have gone before you. Who are you going to be like in the months and years to come? What story will you tell looking backwards? Is it going to be more like Toys R Us? Or is it going to be more like Target? The opportunity here is to put put the digital consumer journey, put people at the center of all of our thinking, of all of our doing. We must remember that 87% of people start their buying journey for a financial product where? Online. And with the in-person, in-branch experience, it's still, when we look at industry studies, it still has the highest pull-through rate. It still has the highest conversion rate, specifically for digital leads. Lead generation must be the number one goal of your website in the first place, regardless whether that, that lead converts online, over the phone, or in a branch. This is why digital growth is not just about marketing alone. It's about marketing and sales working together, supported by IT or digital teams. Digital growth is far more than just online banking or mobile banking. Digital growth is about e-com. It's about digital shopping, digital experiences. So as we start to wrap up, One simple step that you can take to move forward and make progress along your own digital growth journey is to evaluate two things at your financial brand. The mindset and the perspective that you have about your website as it stands today, but just as important, if not more important, the mindset and perspective others at your organization. In business lines, on leadership teams, the mindset and perspective that they have about your website as it stands today. Do they see it as an information center, a glorified online brochure, just something to access online online banking? Do they have an opinion? Do they even care? Or do they see the potential to build a digital growth engine, to build a website that sells, that can generate millions tens of millions, even hundreds of millions of loans and deposits in the months and years to come. I think the answers you find might surprise you.
If you found this podcast helpful, pass it along. Share it with someone you know who'd find value in the insights that I shared today so that we can all learn, we can all grow, we can all get even better together. Until next time, and as always, be well, do good, be the light.